When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here is uh, Jan Gregis with a good ball in and it's headed towards goal and scrambled in. It may very well go down as an own goal, but either way, Minnesota United won't care at all. Aaron Schoenfield claiming the accolades. But right to the death here, Minnesota United have exactly what they came for and have themselves a goal and maybe a point to claim as well. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Here come Minnesota again down the right-hand side. Roman Metinier in a burst of speed. Metinier's crossing towards the back post. Edwards back across. Molino scores! Kevin Molino scores the goal to win it for Minnesota. On his purple patch. Once a lion, now a loon. Kevin Molino scores the winner here to give Minnesota United all three points late on. Welcome in to Mackie and Judd here, and we've got this is going to be a packed show today. We actually had to move stuff into like Tuesday, Wednesday because we've got breaking wild coaching news. But we were both up late last night, and Declan was up too, and uh, and and we were watching Minnesota United. It's the first live Minnesota team sport we've been able to watch in months. And Adrian Heath, the head coach, friend of the Mackie and Judd show. Total honesty. I'm watching that thing for like an hour and a half last night, and Taylor Twellman's on the color commentary. And at one point, when you guys were down one to nothing, and they're you know, in the 75th minute, Taylor Twellman said, "This is a training session for Sporting KC. It looks like Minnesota's playing down a man." And then you guys flipped a switch. One of the most exciting for people that didn't see it: two goals in stoppage time at the end of the game to win two to one. Take us through it, man. That was super fun to watch. We looked like we hadn't played for four months. You know, there's no getting denying that. They were very good, uh, and we weren't very good. That's about the bottom line of it. But the one thing I can say is the lads kept going. They showed a lot of character, you know, a lot of adversity there. It's been a, you know, really traumatic sort of couple of months for the players, you know, living in the Twin Cities with everything that's gone on. And uh, we were just glad to get a game under a belt. And I know for a fact that we'll be a lot, lot better when we get to the game on Friday night. Weird question, but how do you coach right now? Because if the team's not playing well ordinarily in July, you're probably mad and you might say some things. Uh, but to your point, you know, you've been off for four months. There's been uncertainty. It seems like the life in the bubble is a day-to-day existence of are you going to play or not. What's your approach to coaching right now, given all the uncertainty and the return to play as opposed to your ordinary stance on coaching? Well, I think the most important thing is is it's more of a mental thing down here. 
you know, it, when people talk about a bubble, it's like a bubble within a bubble because we don't leave our floor in the hotel. We've got a dining room on there. So mentally, it's not pretty good for the, it's not very good for the guys because obviously they're cooped up in a room for most of the day. So the most important thing from our point of view as a coaching staff is trying to keep the guys positive, is trying to keep them motivated. Like, like the game yesterday, we didn't even know until about two hours before kickoff whether the game was going ahead because one of the Kansas City players that had, uh, had a, a positive test in the morning. Tell, tell us more about, so you guys are, are basically quarantined to a floor, a bubble within a bubble. We've, we've seen all these stories, like in the NBA, they're gearing up for their season, and NBA players are actually tweeting out like photos of the food. They don't like the food, and which is, they should probably pipe down about that. But um, but what is, I mean, is it is it passable? Is it difficult? I mean, do you guys get bored? What What is it like yeah. in that bubble? Well, it's as I say, we, we, we very rarely leave our floor. There's pools outside. You have to book the pool. So if you're only one team at a time in the swimming pool, you know, we, we, we've done a regen with the, uh, the players who played last night. The rest of the group are working this morning. Obviously, boredom could set in. You know, you're in that room for virtually 24 hours. You know, thank God for the invention of uh, PlayStation and all these games that the players play because that's, you know, basically keeping them going at the minute. It's, uh, you know, we've, We've been down here two weeks now, well, just over two weeks. And it's, uh, you know, when you couple that with the three or four months that we had back home where anybody was looking. Yeah. Well, listen, we're uh, we're being overtaken by uh, by Florida radio gremlins here. So we're going to say thank you for your time, Adrian. And uh, it was fun to watch that comeback victory last night in the MLS's right, back tournament. All right, guys, no worries. All right, see ya. Adrian Heath, friend of the show. And uh, by the way, the MLS is back tournament, Minnesota United. So they now lead their pool because they picked up three points last night when they were going to pick up zero. And you can find all of those games, at least two more games of, of group play right here on Score North on AM 1500 and uh, scorenorth.com. So a little, little technical issue there with Adrian, but it's okay. That was super fun to watch. That, that was, was yes, yeah. It, they it, were terrible for the first half of that game. Here's, the first half, I was really checked out. Do you guys? <laughs> The weird thing is, like, watching those games in particular, or matches, I guess I should call them officially. Yeah, it's okay. We're in America. Watching them in, <laughs> partic- in particular with no fans there and, like, the player noise. But it's clearly on some type of delay because then they'll pot it down if somebody swears and things. It It's really weird. It's really it's it's really odd because because there is noise, but, but it's all from the field. And those fields basically have what big screens around them. So they have they have with like, like fans on them. Yes, yeah, so that's actually. I'm I mean, glad you brought that up. So they've got the the setup is, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that just like didn't watch at nine o'clock last night on a Sunday. But so they have two side fields basically in Florida here where they play these tournament games. And one of the games, the nine o'clock in the morning game yesterday between Toronto and somebody else, got canceled Washington. or delayed. Okay, I think Washington. They yep. delayed it till, till today. I think today. Yeah. Because they had like they had unknown uh, test results and yes. like a couple guys tested positive and now they need to get like two or three negative tests and this is the type of stuff that's like MLS is the guinea pig for NBA for baseball this Ho- is going to happen hockey and basketball have to be in in their bu- bubbles both of them very much prepared for the same exact thing like yes. you're going to have games that can't be played and I'll go back to what I told you last week I think that if you get a major outbreak on on a team that team is going to have to be disqualified. Or, yeah, or I mean, can you can you get a major outbreak and then can you get 
Can you quickly enough get enough like negative tests to bring them back a couple days later? And then what happens to the scheduling? Of course, I don't jumping know. right in front of the general public, as we found out right now, you know, if you got to get a test, it's going to take four or six days yeah. for me to tell you. But if you're an athlete, you're going to find out in about uh, two hours. I'm actually okay with that. I will risk my less. own personal health. <laughs> yeah. I will wait two extra days if LeBron James can give me a good <laughs> NBA Finals matchup against Giannis. But what am I take? But the setup was was interesting in that they've got uh, it's it's a green screen, but it, it's really a blue screen that goes like 15 feet high in the air on the far side of the field. Mm-hmm. And if if you just look at the zoomed out version of the of the two fields, all you see is just like a it's like a blue wall basically. Like think about at the old uh, Metrodome, it was like the baggie running all the way across the entire sideline, the far sideline of the field. And then they had a video screen up on the left above the goal. And then another video screen up like at the, the midfield point on the far side. Right. And on those video screens, they just had like, I think it was like live feeds of fans. Cause, yes. Cause when Minnesota United, yes, when Minnesota United took a two to one lead, they showed like the reaction from fans <laughs> watching the game and like the stars and stuff. Yes. 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 So they're, they're showing fans, but it's just, it's, Takes adjustment to get used to watching something with no no fans and the screens. I I, I get that they're trying to create a, a diversion of sorts for the fans who are watching the games on TV, but it also is just weird to see like this big screen with fans with their scarves like like taking yeah. their scarves and moving them back and forth during the course of play. Yeah. So from the game perspective itself, like we are the three of us are not equipped to sit here and do a deep dive X and o, X's and O's breakdown of like what happened. Uh, we should we should bring our old friend Jonathan Harrison back at some point. He's doing the pre and the post and the half for Minnesota United. Him and I were texting throughout the end. Like if you, would, I'm just going to read read some of our text thread because this game was it was such a classic. Like usually it's the other way around for Minnesota sports, where a Minnesota sports team is doing very well and then something catastrophic happens at the end. It was right. like reverse the script for Minnesota sports, and we're going back and forth. And I said at one point I sent him because he's listening to the to the Cal and Kindra version on the radio. I said, hey, I've got Taylor Twelman from like the ESPN studio doing color commentary. And Twelman is savaging Minnesota United. He said, quote, this is a training session for Sporting KC. He said, quote, it looks like Minnesota is playing a man down. He was just destroying them. He also them. at one point said, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Loon's player yes. had, had the ball in the vicinity of the box and he lost it. It was ugly. And he just goes, oh, my God. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like watching Dan Gladden watch Tsuyoshi Nishioka from nine years ago or something. Just, mm, mm. boy. And then all of a sudden, 90-second minutes. So they get they get done with the, the full 90 minutes, and they had seven minutes of stoppage time tacked onto the end because they had a VAR review at one point that took a goal off the board for Minnesota United. So that right. they had a couple injury stoppages, and guys are just like, Guys are getting hurt. Guys are sweating their brains out because it's freaking 115 degree heat got index. Really tired too. Uh, and yeah, Kansas City wasn't using all their subs, so they get into the 92nd minute. So there's they've tacked on seven extra minutes after the 90th minute, right? And Minnesota gets an own goal. They just it was one of those like free kicks that kind of ping pongs off. It was very much a hockey goal. Yep, ping pongs off a couple guys, and then uh, and then the final one was just like a, a kick into the box. I think it was on a corner, if I remember right. And it is like. I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but we haven't had sports in four months. And that was an amazing regular season win by a Minnesota sports team. It just was. Like, first one out of the gate, and they come back from the dead. So, I, I believe that the Sporting KC goaltender who allowed the two goals was the backup goaltender who was brought in after, I believe, the starting goaltender got the red card and ejected. That's right. Okay, so here's a Mr. 
fix it across the board All right. for soccer, okay? Are we adding red cards to other sports? No. Why? Okay. The rule is in soccer, if I tackle you illegally in, in the box, I get a red card and you get a free kick, okay? Well, if it's in the box, it's a so penalty, penalty kick. kick. Penalty kick. Yes. So, and I don't know that it's okay. it's not necessarily an automatic red card if it's in the box, but right. But if it you can if, be. if you tackle someone too aggressively, it's right. a yellow so, card. But, but and here's then if, the fix: if you it. do it again, it's a red card. You can't have both things. If you're gonna <laughs> eject my ass, you can't then give a penalty kick, which has Why not? which because a penalty kick goes from from being a sport where soccer is really hard to score in. Well, they didn't get a penalty kick. I don't think they did. I miss they, they didn't. The, oh, I thought they, they did. did. Minnesota did not get a penalty kick. Well, I, th- it, I, th- I thought he did. The mm. first goal was a free kick just outside the box. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the yeah. so the free the difference. All right, th- this is me educating the masses on soccer here. Okay, take oh, notes. Yeah. Here, okay, here we go. The difference between, but this is how we get to a point where we all love soccer. We we well, talk about right? with soccer. Yeah. Sure. So the difference between a penalty if if you, this is this is the thing I would fix about soccer. If a penalty takes place inside the box, yes. the goalkeeper's box. It is a penalty kick, which means point blank range, no defenders. Like you're going to score eight out of ten it times. It becomes right? one of the easiest things to score on in all yep. of sports. But if that same aggressive tackle takes place two feet outside the box, not that it's not a penalty kick. It's a free kick. But that means that the the, the opposing team can line up their wall right. and do whatever they want. Right. And so Minnesota, which I don't get, mind. Yeah, that that I enjoy. It's just a weird distinction that, like, if the foul takes place here, it's sure. an automatic goal. If the foul takes place here, it's like, yeah, it's, not, it's you might have a chance. Sure. And so, classic hockey goal fashion, Minnesota sets up, and I'll play the audio here from Callum Williams was on his A game last night, and uh, and so the ball gets kicked into a group of like blended group of both players. And it looks like it was a header goal for Minnesota United, but really it was just like the ball bounced off the chest of one of the Kansas City players, yeah. redirected into the goal. It's no different than like, all right, um, like we're on a power play or whatever. I'm just it's five on five in hockey. I'm just going to send one toward the net. Yeah, maybe get a deflection. Maybe it goes off someone's skate, but like we're just sure. going to take our shot, and this is what happens. Here is uh, Jan Gregus with a good ball in, and it's headed towards goal and scrambled in. It may very well go down as an own goal, but either way, Minnesota United won't care at all. Aaron Schoenfield claiming the accolades, but right to the death here, Minnesota United have exactly what they came for and have themselves a goal and maybe a point to claim as well. Super fun. Swearing in the background. Yes, more of it. Let's get more of it. Let's get more F-bombs. Like We think there was swearing there, but not enough to be a violation. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, At this point, you know what? It's 2020, dude. We are. The FCC thing is done. All right. (laughs) That was was so Janet Jackson of yesteryear. (laughs) That's when we didn't have problems and we made up problems. We got problems now. F-bombs, not a real problem. Right. But it was I, a fun game. Though. It was super fun. And or a fun end, I should say. Yeah, the, fir- the first hour was very Keith is right. The first half plus, not so fun. So the other, let's just roll into the other uh, news that came out this morning here. Dean Evason, no longer interim head coach of the Minnesota Wild. He's just the head coach, according to, did Mike Russo break this this morning? No, I think the Wild, the wild, wild, the, the wild just announced it I this morning. Yeah. So he is, uh, he's the head coach, 55 years old. And he's never been a head coach before in the NHL, at least. So what is this sort of surprise? Here's my question to you guys. Judd's hockey show crew. Is this sort of like when the Gophers basketball team after COVID hits 
Maybe they were on the fence about Richard Pitino, but then they're like, okay, hiring a new coach and going through that whole process during COVID is impossible. Right. Let's just roll it forward. Like, give him another chance next year. Right. Have they seen enough of Everson to make this the move that makes sense? Or is it more just like, all right, there's just so many things going on and it's just going to be too hard to get the search that we want and it's get the latter. People? It's, it's, and, and so, so Dean coached 12 games, all right? Eight and four, which is fine. 12 That's- games, though. You had, but here, here's where I think, I think what you just said as far as Bill Guerin and the Wilds thinking is correct, Phil. But here's where it was too quick, and here's why they they moved they moved in a direction that they didn't have to. Okay, we're going to have the qualifying round. Like best case, if you are the team, you win, you beat Vancouver in the qualifying round, you play some playoff games, mm-hmm. you get a you get some high pressure games in which to evaluate this guy as your coach. Um, if you hadn't removed the the interim tag from him, though. Keep in mind, we're not going to go from Stanley Cup awarded two weeks off training camp, all right? We're probably not going to start the season in hockey until, I would guess, late December or perhaps as late as Jan 1. Yeah, Jan 1 would be so the like, logical start. So, like, you had, you had a lot of time here to make a decision off of what you saw in this sample size, which could be fairly substantial or could be very quick that they're going to go play in the Edmonton bubble. But instead, I think they thought what you said, because a two-year extension is really nothing. Like, you could fire him easy on, on that and just pay that off. And he's um, not one of the highest-paid coaches. Oh, by absolutely means, so. not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But I, but I believe that they basically said, everything's in a whirlwind. It's all an unknown. The, the dichotomies here that, if you compare them, are so intriguing is it's the polar opposite to what the Vikings are doing. Like with Zim, saying, yeah. we'll send you into the final year of, uh, of of your contract, and you can coach this team during a pandemic. And the Wild's like, oh, no, 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 that's a bad idea. We'll take immediate stability. But I do think that the Wild probably moved too quickly, because why not take these games that, that we're about to see starting on August 2nd, why not take those games, look at them and say, you know what, he did a really good job, or, oh boy, there's some red flags here. They didn't do that. I'm a little bit surprised. Is this going to derail them? Absolutely not. Did they have more time than they probably thought or assumed? Absolutely. I think when you look at it, it's definitely comfort. They want they want the comfortable guy and the guy who was playing, who was leading them to a very good charge over that last month. And the, the free agent coaches that are out there, you know, Gerard Gallant is probably the biggest name. Um, he coached the Vegas Knights to the Stanley Cup in their first year just two seasons ago. He was in Montreal for a long time. Well-respected coach. Probably will get a gig once ever this return to play ends and, and the free agency begins. Um, but I think Evison was able to get offense out of this team in a short period of time that this team desperately needs, even with being a defensive first team. Like Greg Wyshynski did an article on this change in, in April. And he said, he was talking to Marcus Felino, and Felino said, if you compare Bruce and Dean, as in Bruce Boudreaux, I think Bruce was more defensive first, and we're totally a defensive first team, but the league is too good now. The defense all seems to be good offensive players. you got to go for offense. you got to score. And I think when you look at Kevin Fiala, the way he played down those that, down the last eight weeks of the season, yeah. you need to have offense first, and you can still be a defensive first team with strong blue line and still go out go out and attack but and, why be, wouldn't and you not wait? be afraid in the offensive zone. Why, why wouldn't you just wait? Like, you've got... Your, yeah. You're being gifted games. Like, the Lord is coming to you and saying, here are games to watch to make your decision. You don't need to make... It just seems to me 
to be and and if the goal is is stability is going to help us in the qualifying round and tournament that they're about to play I'm sorry I will go back to what I've been saying. You have a 12.5% chance if you get bounced to win the number one overall pick in, in the draft. Take that. Maybe that was like, part of the deal. Maybe like, Everson said, listen, I'll tank you. I'll well, tank if you he did good for him. You give me a contract extension. There's a we'll little. Be- I fear that there's a little bit of of a, a play here to try and be as successful as possible in a bubble. Every The thing that, we, the thing that soccer is teaching us about all of these bubbles and, and about sports in 2020, the thing that we are learning is this. We as humans can try and convince ourselves all we want. Oh, man, these this championships are legit. No asterisk. We are back to normal. Nothing is back to normal. Anything we do is a feel-good adventure right now. Yeah. But but everything that we do for the rest of 2020 can almost be, uh, be taken as uh, let's see how it goes, right? So so this whole thing of we won the Stanley Cup in 2000. No, you won a little feel good tournament. And we were all glad to have sports back. I, I want to make one thing very clear. I'm not putting sports down sports being back. It does feel weird to me, but I'm not putting down the fact that I enjoy games being back. But nobody, no rational human being should take any of this as being absolutely the norm of we won the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, but don't you think what this is the, the regular seasons are definitely off the rails at this point and the fact that there's no fans even for playoff games I get that it's it's all a different vibe. But once you get into the Major League Baseball tournament if you will, once you once you get into the NHL Stanley Cup tournament, I don't think you just write it off. I think you can say, well, all right, there there weren't really any home crowd advantages and so therefore like you didn't get you didn't get right. the, all of the variables but that we're would gonna be have in games play. called because of covid yeah I, well let's, like, let's like it's just not happens. gonna be normal if they play a 90 percent you know normal format uh, other than they're not being home ice or home field advantages like that's definitely a big deal i'm just saying like, it sounds like you're saying like all of this is exhibition for the rest of the year and none of it matters and i'm saying look it's definitely not like playing a full season in front of full arenas but it matters to some extent if the wild, if the wild, well, that's a bad example because I think we're all rooting for them to just get the number one overall pick. Yeah, thank you. If the Twins win the World Series, yeah, okay, yeah, it's going to be celebrated to some extent. It's, Absolutely, it's not, yes. it's not going to be like, oh, they just won the Grapefruit no, no, no. League. You and know? I expect, <laughs> and, and it should be. My point being, though, is you also have an opportunity here. I think in sports and in business to experiment and try things. And if you, and if you think. To yourself, yeah, I'm going to treat this like I do the 162 baseball uh, season. That to me is faulty. I'm not saying that you shouldn't try and win, and the Twins should try and be good, but it's not the norm. And you're going to have games interrupted and or not played because of COVID and things like that. I'm just saying I think that the, the focus of how we go about things can be shifted. But to the wild point, I'm just surprised they didn't take this series of games and use them as a way to to further evaluate uh, the head coach. Yeah, well, so just back to a point that Declan made a couple minutes ago about Kevin Fiala. So Kevin Fiala this season emerged as one of the bright young stars. It might be too aggressive to say, like, in the league, because he should still prove it. But that dude has become a legitimate scoring player in the league at this point. Mm -hmm. He was the leading scorer uh, through 60, 70 games, whatever it was, for the Wild. And uh, he so he already through sixty four games himself set a career points record, just a personal uh, career points record. So, if one of the variables is okay, how well does a head coaching candidate, in this case Dean Evason, work with the up and coming wave of players? 
that might be the first thing on my list. I think the ship has sort of stayed like Parisi's on the team and Suter's on the team. Those guys are and and Koivu, like those guys are thirty five years old. I'm no longer catering my head coaching search and hires to those guys. I definitely want those guys to get along with my coach, but to me, Fiala and Kaprizov, and we like, that remains to be seen. Like, is he going to start? There was a report this morning that he's going to be able to maybe work out with the team, but not play in these games. Yeah, he he can sign, but but can't play in the yeah. resumption of play, okay. and then could play starting with the 2020-21 season. But he can be with the team in the bubble. So would you? So that's good. That's a good first step. Just Get him in play. the bubble and see see how he interacts with guys. But would would you guys agree with that assessment that I, it's more important to me if if they deem listen Dean Evison and Kevin Fiala have a connection and that's more important than. Like whatever Zach Parisi thinks of him. The oh, next absolutely, two or three years. absolutely. But why wouldn't you then see in the resumption of play how Fiala does? Because I think it's such a small. Yeah, they get three, five it, games. It could, or be, something. it could be three games, right? But you have no hurry. Like there was no reason. There's no reason to make the announcement today. Like if I can get three more games, great. Let's say I can get eight more games, even better. It is. It is a curious move in that. Like this is this is where we don't know. It's what we the don't timing. Know. That's my point. I, I'd want to know more about. How does the room feel about him? How like what is his what is his X's and O's strategy and tactics behind the scenes that led them to offensive outbursts? And like we, all we can do is sort of go off of what they say in interviews and what we see um, in analytics and what we see with and, our own eyes. And he might be very good, but you had another opportunity to conduct a search. Why wouldn't you take it? Would you rather go with just in general? So take Dean Evison out for both you guys. Would you guys rather go with? A well-known veteran name coach who's been at two, who maybe is is in his mid fifties. Like, uh, is it Gallant? Who'd you just say the guy yeah, from? Uh, yep, the guy who brought the Las Vegas to the mm-hmm. Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy like that, or the next Mike, like the the Mike Yo type, Dean Evason, where two different ages for those guys. But like, who's right. been kind of waiting their turn? A minor league coach. Yep, assistant minor league coach. Someone who hasn't gotten a shot yet. Which profile of coach would you rather take a shot on? I would probably, with this group, take a shot on the latter. If I had a more, if, if I had a team I thought was on the precipice of winning, I'd probably go with the former. But again, if I have time to, I love time to judge. I love time to see. Like, like Dean coached 12 games, and we've had four months off. And, and I, I'm sure he's done a great job of keeping in touch with players. I'm sure he's done. He seems he seems like he has the ability to be a good coach. Yeah. I'm only talking about the timing and the fact that I could have gotten more of a read on him as a coach. And I love the return to play because it puts you into a high-pressure situation immediately with potential adversity, right? Like it's all the, it's the perfect recipe, if I'm a GM, for me to judge things. Uh, but with this team right now, to your point, Phil, about Parisi and Suter are going to be there, but they're definitely not probably the guys that you should be super concerned about, despite the fact that I'm sure they would still like that. Um, I would rather go with with a coach that I think would have the best chance with this next group of kids, and Dean might be that guy. So I'm not saying it's a bad hire. I'm saying I don't really understand the timing because you had more time to do this. Yeah, I would say it's about elevating the young players around you. And Bruce Boudreau, who is a phenomenal coach and Agreed. was able to milk everything out of players. I mean, he was able to get Mikhail Granlin, Niederreiter, and Coyle to that next step. They were never take, able to take the next step consistently like we always wanted them to. But he would put guys like Kevin Fiala in the doghouse. He scratched Kevin Fiala a few times at the beginning of this last season because of offensive zone mistakes. And if Dean Evison is saying, you know what, you're going to make an offensive zone mistake. You're going to create a turnover and you're going to get in transition and it could be potentially bad. 
But don't be afraid to make the mistake. And I think the Wild in general have been a very passive team with this core uh, and no one who wants to take the puck, go up and down the ice, or isn't afraid to make that mistake in the offensive zone. And I think Everson allows players to be in that position to be successful. Real quick thing on NHL coaches here. It's always fun to look at the revolving door of yes. NHL coaches. They just the last three years, by the way. But that's <laughs> yeah, the standard. That. Or that, two and a half. That right. was actually giving me my question. Of of the, what are the 31 teams in the NHL right now? And, um, yeah, this is right. So mm-hmm. 25 of the... Th- of the 31 coaches have been with their teams three years or less. So only six coaches in the NHL have been with their current teams for more than three years. That's yeah. A, that's how it works in the NHL. I mean, it's like, it's like oh, this is getting stale. And so we're just going to, we're just going to change it up. Man, they blow people out constantly. Yeah. The one thing that I will defend Bruce on too, that's, that's not really a fair thing is when Dean got the job. And my guess is that Bill Guerin played a big role. The Wild started to play a more exciting, high-tempo game. One is, when they started that, there were a lot of guys that they asked that to do that I said, I wonder if they can do this for 20 games. We didn't get to 20, okay? Yeah. Like, you skate Eric Stahl's ass off. That, he's, he, he's nearing my age, but okay? That, but I would argue that like, because he's nearing your age, whether Eric Stahl can skate for 20 games or right. not at that age, I don't but, care. But like, I'm defending if, Bruce. If Fiala can. I get that. But I'm defending Bruce and saying Bruce was trying to do the best he possibly could over right. the long haul with a team that had some components that are pretty good right. and some components that are a- aging. And don't forget, when Bruce had the Capitals, guess who loved offensive hockey at times? Bruce did. For sure. Um, so, so this whole thing of, well, Dean took the team and uh, did what Bruce couldn't do. Dean did it for 12 games. And and also, and this is, and I told Dex this too before, this is my fear, and this is across the board, interim coaches, right? Bang, the brief bang, the brief, oh, that guy's gone, and now I'm going to play for this guy. And guess what? The guys that turn on Bruce will probably turn on Dean eventually. And, the guy, and I mean, we saw this with Yo, we saw this with uh, Torchetti. So, so this assumption that this was a breath of fresh air and it's going to last, it's the last part. Yeah. It's a breath of fresh air, and a lot of people say, I'm energized and I want to win now because I was tired of Bruce's act. Okay, let's get through 40 games of next year with Dean and see if those guys are still as as energized as they were on February 14th when Bruce got fired. All right, let me ask you guys this. One more thing, and there's there's plenty more to discuss, and, and I, I do hope that we do get to see the Wild in a four-game Sweep at the hands of Vancouver, so they no, can three get games, three games, five games, series. three out of five. They yeah. could be done in three games. Twelve point five percent percent chance of that topic. Be fun to watch these guys. But I'm going to give you guys some names. I'm going to take these veteran players off the board. I'm going to take everyone over the age of basically twenty eight or twenty nine off the board. So in addition to Suter off the board, Stall, Prezi, Spurgeon's thirty. I'm taking him off the board. Which of these players? Just give me a yes or no as I go through these. Which of these players are you looking to build around for the next three to five years? Like, which guys are you saying? I, I'm pretty sure I want that guy on my roster for the next. Three are to you five throwing years. names t- towards us or yep. just ask us? Okay. So Fiala, yep, and Kaprizov, I think are obvious yes, yes. yeses. Cunning. I'm yes. I'm yes. I think he's got captain material in him, and I think there's more to his game. I'm I'm very impressed with him. I like him. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Erickson Eck. Uh, he is a very solid um, defensive third line center. If you accept, if you accept his role and don't try and and make too much of, don't try and make him into a player he's not. I think he can be a very very solid 
member of this team, but to me, I, I want him trying to win faceoffs, third line center. And maybe what I should add to this conversation is, are they top six forwards or top four defensemen? Okay. Right. Uh, okay. So. Erickson Eck, I would say, probably is not ideally a top six forward. Yep. D- I, I pretty much agree with everything Judd said there. Yeah, he, he's a very good role player, but I honestly think his ceiling already might have been reached already. Get Brock Besser. Greenway. Jordan Greenway. I think Declan and I differ on, on this. I think, if, I, think if he come, I think if he sees his potential through, he is. But I watched Charlie Coyle not do the same exact thing. So, so what Dex is going to say... I think is a rightful fear. Yeah, I'm out. No, I do. I'm totally out on Jordan Greenway. Um, he's younger than Fiala. He's a young dude, and it's and it's hard to give up on young guys when, especially when you're trying to get younger. But I I just don't want to be in the same rut of Charlie Coyle. All oh, his size, he can do all this, he can do all that. At the end of the day, can you just can you do this consistently? Can you do this throughout your entire career? Yeah. And I w- I would use him as trade bait. So I'm out. I'm I'd, out on Troy. I Greenway. give him a year with a new coach and see. And, right. and if we get the same act, then I'm done because then it's a him problem and not. It has nothing to do with coaching. Brodeen and Dumba. Dumba, yes. I'm in on both Brodeen. those guys. I think Brodeen's going to be gone in some type of trade here. But, yes, I'm in on both. I love both those guys. I like both. Yep, I would I would keep both. What about, uh, I'll give you a couple more here. Uh, Ryan Donato. Judd? I can't. 23 years old. Okay, I can't go top six. I just can't. Um, but they need to give him a great chance to play, and they need to allow him to fail to prove to me that he can't play because that's the one thing. It always appeared that they were afraid to play him because he might fail. Well, your team's not good enough. Like, if you're a Stanley Cup team, that's a fine stance to, to take. But if you are the Wild, you I need to see him fail. And basically, so far, I've just seen him not given a fair chance. Yeah, Judd brings a good point. He 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 should be able to get, he should get more ice time for sure and more opportunities to be successful, but I also just think I trust evaluations, and if and if the staff and they don't believe he's a good hockey player, then you move on. I'll give you one more. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you Capo. Kakinen, the goalie, the goaltender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's my guy next year. In, in fact, <laughs> he's the only one under thirty two. He's my it? guy. He's my guy in the qualifying <laughs> round against the Canucks. I'd play him. Yeah, I probably would too. I'd play him, what and I'd say, let's see. Why would you like? Why would you dust off? Your veteran goaltenders for this. <laughs> dust, so off, this dust off Dubnik. If he gives up six goals, great. He, well, got, to, he got to learn and the Wild got to draft Bill number Garen one. Bill Guerin told us last week that, that they are going, that this is going to be open competitions basically in this camp and they are going to go with, in goal, the hot hand. Mm-hmm. My, my guess, Dex, is that they want Stalock, because he was playing so well before the stoppage, that they want him to win the job. But um, I've said since day one, Capo's my guy because, as Phil said, why not? I want to find out. Yeah, Capo, you need to give him a chance. And also, the Wild should not be. There's a there's a belief out there. I feel like because the Wild's goaltending in general was pretty poor last season that they need to go out and sign a goalie. Matt Murray's a free agent. You know, like you, Holt, Brayton Holt, he's a free agent. Go sign, go sign a big goalie. Do not do that until your window is for sure open. I think overpaying for goaltending is a very dangerous road, and you should just ride your league average guys and see if Capo Kakinen serviceable guy is your next dude. I agree. I I, I know uh, much less about hockey than you two guys do, but I can tell you uh, playing goaltender, the difference between the average and bad goaltenders and the top goaltenders is a razor thin margin over the course of a hundred, yes. you know, hundred days or I mean a hundred games, including postseason. So like um, why spend three or four or $5 million on someone when you're not ready right. to win a Stanley Cup? Find a center. So, and and, then, and that's the big one. keep it in mind too, for, the next two years, we have found out now, the salary cap is going to basically stay flat, all right? Flat. So you can't That's go, actually a good, that, that's that, that's good compared to some of the other leagues. It is. It honestly is. It, it honestly is, is, but that also means that, that if you thought that you might have room to go out um, 
and screw around. You don't now. So to Declan's point, you have to make a decision. And if I'm going to address, if I could address one position on this team, ASAP, mm-hmm. and upgrade, center. Top line. Center. Top, Top line. line. Well, center. But if it's, a, if it's a two who is an improvement on stall, that's a, a, at least a start. Yeah, I'd go there. But my point, my point is in line, in lockstep, Declan, with you, which is if you say to yourself, well, we could get this center and he's okay. You know, he's going to be pretty good, but I'd rather have this goaltender. That's not the move for now. Yeah. Hey, before we get to quarantine discoveries and also uh, random season recall, oh, yeah. since this is a day of breaking news on the Mackie and Judd podcast, the Washington football team sent out this press release today. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. That review has begun in earnest. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today, we are announcing we will be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon the completion of this review. So the Redskins name and logo will be no more. I don't know how they turn around. They haven't announced what the new name is going to be, and they haven't announced like copyright when it's problems. Happen. I guess. Well, they've got to get everything trademarked, which yeah. is a pain in the ass. And they might have an idea for, uh, for a name that they're going to have to buy from somebody. Is my guess too. And then you think about everything they would have to go into, like changing the helmets and the jerseys, and like before you get to all the merchandising, just like changing things for guys to wear at training camp. You just have them wear blank red helmets. Yeah, I guess for now, that's fine. Like go the Cleveland Browns, Browns. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Probably do it. Yeah, why not? But yeah. this this last sentence or two of this press release tells you everything you need to know about the NFL, Dan Snyder, all of the owners, and the way the NFL thinks about you, the fan. Okay. Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition, rich franchise, and inspire our sponsors. Fans and community for the next 100 years. That's right. They want their new design and logo and name to enhance the proud tradition of this rich, uh, proud tradition, rich franchise and inspire in order. These are the things are the people and things that they want to inspire in order. Sponsors. Number one, fans. Number two, community. Number three. Okay. I'm shocked they didn't say sponsors oh, one, two, and three, and then fan four. God, dude. They, like, couldn't you have put sponsors third on that list? Like, couldn't some PR person <laughs> say, listen, no. all right, no. I, know, I know that you've, like, all these sponsors are jumping uh, off board, and Amazon took the Redskin stuff off, so obviously we need to appease the sponsors. Let's put them after fans, just for the optics of this told Presley. them the name was coming off the stadium, I think, today. If they didn't change this or, or at least announce a change that was going to do away with the name. So, no, absolutely not. And look, that that release and the work of the Washington football franchise is just a little glimpse into what we are going to see from the one league that's going to look at COVID-19 and give it the middle finger and not care, the National Football League. That is how they operate. They I can't articulate enough how little they care about the surrounding environment and anything that to them is not the most important thing, which is one thing, the bottom line, right? Like this is, this is a glimpse into how the national football league, if you, you know what? I could see everybody else being like, we tried to play and we just couldn't. The NFL will say week six is coming up next. Don't worry about us. (laughs) But we, like we already knew that. And we already knew that the NFL was greedy and looked to bleed every last penny out of every situation. Yes. So like all of us are aware of that. They've just never been, that transparent in a press release where they literally put sponsors ahead of fans. But who, like, but Phil, who threatened them? 
The sponsors threatened them. Right. But, like this, like this fan, but fans are threatening them, too. I mean, of course, they, fans, fans are all... have threatened them for years. Daniel Snyder could have done this five years ago. Daniel Snyder was threatened and told you should change it how many times by fans? Protests outside uh, stadiums, right? But the only thing that got him to eventually move off his ass was the fact the sponsors yeah. were like, we're done. The other thing that just makes me laugh with delight as I watch this whole <laughs> thing play out is... Like Daniel Snyder and the Redskins have been super protective of but the brand. Like we've built this brand since 1933. All right. If you were to ask America, what do you think about the Washington Redskins brand? Like his his attachment to the well, we, we've had this brand for 80 years or 90 years or whatever. Like you just want us to flush this brand down the toilet. I guarantee you, whenever whatever the low, if, if it's not a total disaster, if it's the Washington Arrows or if it's whatever it is, if it's not a total disaster. They will double and triple their merchandise sales in 2020-21 compared to what it would have been with Redskins Apparel. They will have the best merchandise year financially that they've probably ever had. Of course. At least in my lifetime. The reality is uh, people that own and run the National Football League teams, and Snyder probably in particular because he's a little he's got little man's complex and he he's just a train wreck of an owner in this league. Um, they want complete control, and they don't want to be told what to do. And the only people that can tell the people in this league exactly what the price of poker is and what they're going to do is sponsors. The Ray Rice thing never, even as as egregious as what we saw when TMZ released video from that, the Ray Rice thing only takes off because sponsors got really ticked off and mm-hmm. said, this is an awful look. What are you doing? Why would we want to be, what, why would we want our beer associated with this product? Okay. If you think about it, the sponsors are the only thing. The sponsors scare these guys. Nobody else does. Fans don't. And so if you look at the name change here or, or how people have uh, come out against the league with domestic violence concerns in the past, it always comes down to what? Well, they threatened to pull the sponsorship. So let's let's suspend this guy forever or let's change the name. It's that, right? It's the sponsors. I mean, what what was what was the biggest deal? And this is a sad thing that I'm about to say. The Adrian Peterson thing, right? And yeah, when Radisson got exactly. mad about the, their banner. Yeah. Wait a second, you're gonna have this awkward press conference with our name on it? Goodbye. We're but gone. That, but Goodbye. that's what but that's what drove what part of what drove that from the Vikings and, and especially the league was, oh my God, a sponsors match. I, I know, and I and I get that. I'm just saying I know, but maybe in your press release, put the fans first. Just put the fans Pretty first. simple. You know what? I appreciate Sponsors. I appreciate the transparency of the Washington <laughs> NFL franchise for telling it like it is, which is fans, whatever. Sponsors. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, right. All right. Judd's got a quarantine discovery we have to get to and random season recall. But a quick thank you to our sponsors. That's right. In order. The things we care about <laughs> in the show. The listeners. You're the best. Dead last. Love you. Federated Insurance is number one for sure. And Luther Brookdale Toyota, number one as well. They're all number one. Uh, We do appreciate Federated and Luther, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, keeping us afloat here. It's been just a really tough four months or so in sports media and here at Score North with all the changes. And and so Federated, thank you for for being part of the Mackie and Judd show in Purple Daily. Uh, Also, so Federated introduced me. I mean, I knew about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. You know, they've been around for over 100 years. And it's the largest and oldest youth mentoring organization in the United States. But I found out a lot more about the work that Big Brothers Big Sisters does through the Federated Challenge, federatedchallenge.org. 
Little brothers, little sisters do better in school, are more likely to attend college. They are more likely to flat out reach their max potential as humans, professionally and personally, due in large part because of the one-to-one mentoring relationships they develop with the big brothers and big sisters. So find out more about how you can get involved and the work that Federated does at federatedchallenge.org. Also, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, I am one year into my 2019 RAV4 lease. It's been great. have gone on a couple of road trips here around uh, the state of Minnesota, socially distant hiking. And uh, I just love, like, I, I just love, I used to hate driving long distances because I would just get tired and, I don't know, just kind of bored. Uh, but I love a couple things. I love that the Apple CarPlay slash Entune system turns my car basically into an audio version of my smartphone. Any audio app I have, whether it's the Score North app, or Spotify, or Apple, whatever, I can just tap on a tap screen and uh, and navigate with that center console. It's great. The safety features give you peace of mind in that vehicle and the gas mileage with RAV4s, Camrys, pretty much, I, I feel like pretty much all Toyotas relative to their competition just get great gas mileage. So uh, find out why my family and I have been going to the same place for 30 plus years. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Stuck in the house all weekend. No sports to watch. It makes Mackie, Judd, and Rami something, something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Well, okay, not quite. At least not yet. It's time for Mackie, Judd, and Rami's Quarantine Discoveries. All right, Judd Zilga, the floor is yours for a quarantine discovery over the weekend. These are things that we either rediscovered or discovered because of COVID times and quarantine times. All right. This is something I rediscovered on Friday, but I need to make it very clear. It's not a quarantine discovery. It's a quarantine quandary, and I need help. I need you guys' advice here. All right. Okay. Um, Not surprisingly, during the four-plus months of quarantine, I have fallen woefully out of shape, way too much beer, probably a little too much food, but way too much beer. Um, I tend to gain weight and of course, so I've gained probably 15 pounds on top of what I was back in March, which was not perfect, but certainly was not as much as I weigh now. So on Friday I said, I got to go work out in the gym. So I went to, I went to the LA fitness in St. Louis park to which I belong and to which I, I wouldn't say that I went all the time before the, uh, before COVID started. Thank you very much. But I did, (laughs) but I did a little bit anyway <laughs> anyway so i walk in times, so i walk times. in with my mask on and um the social distancing not too bad you know they have a like glass between the machines or not no really? no and Some it would do that now now but they did uh as far as as the treadmills went they shut every other one off so like you couldn't be right next to a person and the bikes they distance pretty well uh, but I've also read where where um, health clubs are probably not the safest place to be, Mm-mm. somewhat like bars, except bars are worse because people get drunk in bars. Um, <laughs> I had my mask on when I walked in. I tried to work out with my, my mask yeah, on. Pretty, That's pretty damn near impossible. Yeah. Uh, I did get I did get what I perceived to be sideways glances from quite a few people who weren't wearing masks. Oh yeah, um, judging your ass. To which, by the way, <laughs> as I told Don, just quickly, I love that. See, people are like, well, they looked at me weird, and I feel like I'm being judged. You know how you should look at them back? You might die. I got a mask on, but you might die. You know, I, have- I, I, love the, I love to give the mask stare of, 
What are you do? You real? My eyes fear for your life. I haven't been able to to bust this one out yet, but I have come up with what I'm going to say the first time <laughs> that some Karen decides that I'm Poor being Karens. a snowflake by wearing so a mask. Karens, yeah. what do they do to deserve this? What I'm going to say oh, is, okay. if if they if they mask shame me for wearing a mask, yes, I have COVID. Period. I have COVID, and I am going to give it to you. If I don't wear this mask, you know what I thought? Of? That's what people need to be thinking about. I thought I thought I want to get a mask with the hard to kill uh, phrase that, that Seagal has written on the wall to the guy right before he kills him, which is, I believe, the anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that mask and I want to wear it around. So people who aren't wearing masks look at me and, and I don't even care that God, much, dude. but just to screw with these people who are like, I'm a hard ass. I don't know. You might die. But anyway, my question to, to you guys is, so I'm desperately trying to get in shape. This is not a trip to the bar for fun. All right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to be in, in a bar. I totally get that. I'm not going to bars, but I was just like, I got to work out sometimes now. Sure. Am I doing the right thing or is my quarantine quandary have I overstepped my bounds and I'm being dumb? So are are you someone that just can't work out at home? Like, can you not do it? I'm not good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. No, I'm I, not I good at it. I can't do it. Like, they, my fitness center in my building is still closed. I mean, it's it's the size of this studio. It's super tiny. But um, I I have to physically go somewhere to work out. I, yeah. ca- I can't do it at home. I'm very anti. I still am paying for my gym membership. But I, I'm, I'm anti going there because of the fear of it. I really am. And I'm still someone who goes out in public. I patio hopped all over the place this weekend, but I, I still, I, I'm not going to put myself into certain situations. So I don't know, man. I think I think you got to figure out a new workout right It now. also feels like on the patio hopping, and maybe this is just me justifying, like I go to probably two patios a week and oh. they're always sort of just making sure that they're, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like the numbers are showing that inside at bars is a huge spike risk. Outside on patios is not. Right. Not that there isn't risk. Obviously, there's more risk on a patio than like sitting at home on your couch. Right. Correct. But you're not putting yourself in like complete harm's way. Correct. I totally get that. So um, I, I, my wife and I are facing kind of the same conundrum. Our gym in our complex just opened up a couple days ago for the first time. And so she actually went down this morning at like 5 a.m. before she had to get on like calls and stuff. And she and so we got an email from our from our office saying, hey, the gym is now open and we have unplugged and like taken the plugs like they unplugged every other machine yes because they didn't want to like bring them out of the it was too much of a pain in the ass to bring them out for sure so they unplugged every other machine and they covered up the plugs on the wall so people couldn't go and like this is similar to what i'm talking about yes so you couldn't have like someone on a treadmill here and then the person next to them goes and plugs the other one in so of course she gets she's probably like one of the first people that goes down there and she told me this story some Karen walks in <laughs> and like spends 10 minutes trying to plug the other treadmill in no! next to her. And she had a mask, like m- my wife had a mask on and what? stuff. And she didn't have one on, obviously. Either, no, right? did not. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I guess like to bring this full circle, yeah. we we have actually ordered because I'm the same way. Like I, I'm a, I've been trying to hike a lot more recently. Yeah, and just, I, I walk. I go out and walk. So that's I just need to get steps in. I just yeah. need to sweat, though, like on a bike, well, we, an so exercise bike. I just need to sweat. We ordered through Under Armour. We ordered like workout masks that are breathable and stay on your oh, face and stuff. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to look like The Rock Dwayne Johnson pretty soon, at least when I look in the mirror with my, with my brahmable that's okay. mask. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. Now, yeah. the one good thing for me is, is since Friday was absolutely gorgeous, 
the club was not exactly packed. I did see a, I did see a group of dude bros back towards the weights, but th- that's not a problem for Judd. Spotting each other. Yeah, and, and yeah. Judd's not a Rich w- weight guy. Can, yeah. can, I, can I get a spot, bro? Uh, uh, uh. So, but I was just, I kept thinking to, to myself, and the one thing that's starting to scare me now is is it looks like the research is showing that that the virus itself can live in the air and, you know, like, so now we're very unsure of when it's going to die. And is the six feet enough? That's the thing that scares me a little bit. Like I would assume it is, but we're not as sure. So anyway, that's my uh, quarantine quandary because I I like want to do the right thing for my health. No, I think, but I don't want to make myself sick and trying to do that. I think going to the health club, as long as it's not jam packed and like people are sweating all over each other is, is fine. I think wearing a mask is important, especially in that atmosphere because people are breathing heavier and sweating and like anything you can do to just like prevent throwing your sweat and breath on somebody else is, is good. Yeah. Non-selfish behavior. And so, um, it did like, ah, we were. We went hiking yesterday over in Taylor's Falls. We just yeah, went out like nice ninety day. minutes. Just went out. I don't know. We it was we, we probably just, we probably hiked for like two hours, and then we saw a well spaced patio on our way back. We were hungry and said, "All right, we'll go, we'll go sit." I mean, the, the tables were literally like 10, 15 feet apart. Yeah, like perfect, perfect socially distanced outdoor patio situation. But you could kind of overhear conversations, and I heard this this gal couldn't have been more than like eighteen to twenty years old with like her mom and whoever else was sitting at this table and she was loudly bragging about how i mean my mom and i went to the mall and and we like you had to wear masks to get in the mall but then we just took them off right away and people gave us dirty looks but it's like like, other people were not wearing the masks it's like why is this so hard like why if you want sports back especially if you want sports back Sports, like, look at some of the different things that are happening with MLS right now and with NBA facilities sort of shutting down and false starting. Right. Sports aren't going to finish their seasons if the numbers stay as high as they are in certain states and cities. And in order to make those numbers go down, we either have to start closing establishments like bars so that people, like, because people can't police themselves, or we can protect each other. And it's not as much like, this is the argument that I hate. That 20-year-old girl, in her mind, thinks, well, I'm not going to get sick. This is stupid. Correct. But your grandma or your mom or somebody else who had cancer or is immune compromised, and it's like, let's just not be selfish a-holes. But that's the thing that I don't get about this, okay? Most 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds are not going to get sick, all right? But every once in a while, because of COVID, they die. And they die by basically drowning, all right? Like, I've seen the description. People who are dying say, it feels like I'm drowning. And then they're gone and they're dead. Do you want to roll those dice? Like, do you want to be Do you want to be the person who's like, I thought I wasn't going to die, but yeah. damn, now I'm dead. Hey, God, well, what's up? You know, it, it just seems to me to be this this incredible stretch of, and, and I mean, does anybody really think if we played, if we were to play, and I don't think that we will, college football in its totality, right? Do you really think that every college football player is going to live? And all you need is one or two to, one. to die. And it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not diminishing that. I'm saying I agree. It's a huge deal. Yep. So, like, if we say, well, you know what? Now, one Oklahoma player died, but it was a fun season. Are we really going to say that? Like, like I, I, the, the, the biggest well, the Gophers, thing. The Gophers the, the, made the Rose Bowl, but, the, but someone passed away on the team. Can you imagine did, that? Did, did they win? Yeah, did they win? But did they go to the Rose Bowl? Did I'm they go saying, to Pasadena? if they won, I might live with it. Just saying. Oh I, if they win it. the Rose Bowl, Declan, I'll die. I'll drop dead. <laughs> my heart will stop on command. If the Gophers get to the college football playoff, I don't All care who dies, off. okay? All bets are off. 
What? Okay. What if it, if you wiped out their semifinal opponent? They, they got to buy to the championship game because everyone on their semifinal opponent died. I'm taking it. You take okay. That's unbelievable. You're saying wait. You're saying so they're, I'm they're, saying you're saying they they earn their way into the four. And I'm then, saying they earn their way into the four and then yeah, get then a they, buy into the championship game because everyone on the opposing team died. I'm here for it. Hundred percent. One, one, one last quick thing too <laughs> for football. This other thing too, where and I, and I I hear some of these. I have a lot of back and forth with even like some family members at times. I understand this argument of, hey, we need to be careful about not giving away our freedoms as a free country, and we just like we've been very protective of that for three hundred years, rightfully so. Okay, but the argument of, well, you can't mandate that we wear masks. That's like this is a democracy. This is a free country. Sure, I mean. Our government literally mandates that you stop at intersections. It is illegal to not stop at an intersection. There's like, look, like spend the day right. looking and thinking about the things you can and can't do. You, right. you can't drive over a certain, if you drive 70 miles an hour in a 60, guess what? You get stopped, right? Like yep. there's certain things we're, take, a, yeah. we're a free country up to the point where public safety becomes a major issue. And then we have to put parameters on things which, to keep people safe. Which means you have the right to not wear a mask. But if I own a business and I demand that you wear a mask, I have the right to not serve you or allow you in. That, that, that's where there seems to be confusion. Also, you have a right to not, I can draw lines, too. But you, you also have a right to not wear a mask. And we all have a right to not wear a mask if we can practice personal responsibility and social distancing, which clearly in a lot of areas we aren't. We are abusing our freedoms well, in certain areas. And therefore, OK, well, for the good of public safety. And now, if you think the whole thing is a hoax, that's a whole other conversation that we yeah. can do in another podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. You have to Where did this your... even start? It was a quarantine quandary. Yeah, because yeah, I want to know if I should be going to the <laughs> damn like health a, club or not. COVID. I'm, I'm concerned. You have to take your shoes off to fly on an airplane. That's something you have to do. You have to take yeah, off your GD on. shoes to get yeah. on the airplane. Yeah. Okay. I actually uh, sometimes take my shoes off when I'm on the plane. And I know. That oh, that's no. A, yeah. Oh, you don't. Animal. Once in a while. Oh, that's disgusting. Why do you do that? You know what? Wear slippers. All right. No, I'm not. I'm not on the show. Just wear I'm slippers. Just wear, wear slippers on the plane. Therefore, your feet are comfortable and no one has to smell your damn feet. Wear my dinosaur slippers. Hey, I don't care what slippers are. Just have your feet covered so I can't smell the big dogs. Uh, Declan, what were you about to say something? Yeah, we got some breaking news. Oh, we do. We do. We do. The Minnesota Wild have signed Kirill Kaprizov. Two-way contract. Wow, there it is. So there it is. Big day. Kirill Kaprizov. Big day so, in Wildland. And so uh, according to Mike Russo, the KHL champ, two-time KHL scoring leader, an Olympic hero will will burn the first year of his deal and report to Minnesota for camp. So he can't play if they go if they beat Vancouver in can't five, play. like he can't play he can't in any play. of these games. Correct. But he can't so what is his contract then? He can start playing in the 2020-21 season whenever that starts. But the contract's gonna Tentatively December first is probably when that'll happen. But the contract's gonna run for a season while he's not playing this summer, if that makes any sense at and all. And why is that? Because part part of the give back part of the give back between the player association and the league itself for the CBA that was announced on Friday was to have these guys now not be able to start their contracts within the res- resumption of play. Now the claim, which makes no sense, is it's not fair to allow a resumption of play with new players. But that's stupid because guys who couldn't have played because they, they were previously hurt can all play. Yeah. Because they were under contract, but it's still, 
Um, mm. it, it's a give back. Th- this whole thing and the, the reason he can't play is a give back in the back and forth. And the majority of teams clearly don't care. Like they they don't have a guy who is uh, coming from Russia. But as far as the Wild is concerned, this is a great move for the right now because it at least gets him in the fold. The, the worst thing was him going back to the KHL playing um 2021 there they wouldn't have released him until next summer again then it would have been a complete pain so this is actually this is this is not ideal but it's the best that the wild could possibly do and according to sources he could arrive in the twin cities by friday russo notes whether he'll have to first quarantine is a bit uncertain but he could be practicing with the team very shortly all right so what a day of breaking news here yeah i'm how about Judd. the wild turn to play let's Woo! go all right boys it's time every monday Declan Goff lines it up. This is Random Season Recall, where Declan pulls random Minnesota sports seasons from the past oh, good God. and quizzes <laughs> Judd and I on the details. And, oh, my God, we're only going back six years, and I don't remember anything about that. Perfect. Team. Perfect. 2000. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 2014 was this? Go ahead, Declan. Set it up. Set okay. It up. Yeah, 2014 Twins, they hosted the All-Star game. No, it was a half-memorable season. Perk. Perk and Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki. That's, Behind yep, the plate. That's right. the game. Yep. How many, uh, you know, the, the Phil Mackey covered those 2011 to 2013 Twins, and uh, those were some brutal Twins teams. But how many wins did okay. the 2014 Twins finish with? Okay, and, and if we're within three, that's our new goal here. If you're within three, I'll ding you. You get, mm-hmm. you get correct. All right, Judd, this All is right, just a conversation among friends. Conversation okay, among okay friends. The, fi- so this, the 15 team contended, right? The 15 team, yep. The 15 team won like 83 and games. And that was Paul's first year, right? Mm-hmm. So this is Guardy's last year, is that right? The 15 team went into the last week of the regular season with a chance to make the wild Against card the Royals, game. and they had no chance, though. That is correct. So KC was superior at that time. So the 14 team was a 90 plus loss team because they lost, it went 99 losses in 2011. Yep. And then they also lost like 95 or 96 games. I don't think they had a, again, this is just a conversation among friends. Cool. I don't think they had a 100 loss season. They did not. When did, wait a second. When did uh, the 16 team? 14 was Guardies last year, right? Yes. I don't think they lost 100 games. I think they lost because they lost 100 plus games in 2016, right? With mm-hmm. Paul's in Paul's last year, I believe it was then. Um, or no, second to last year. Because he, he came back. Let's go through this real quick. So Paul was here for three years, right? Yep. 15, 15 16, 17. Baldelli was last year? Wait a second. Was last no, year, last Baldelli's? year was Baldelli's. No, was Paul here for four years then? Was Paul here for... Fi- Paul was 15, definitely 15, right? Mm-hmm. 16, 17. 18, mm-hmm. And Baldelli's first year was 19. Yes. So was Molitor so here? Can we ask been, that question? Was Molitor here for four years? It must have been. That's not giving anything away, is it? I'm going no. to look up how many years Paul Molitor is not giving anything. He, he was there 15, 16, 17, 18. He okay, made so the wild card game in 17. They let him coach 18. He got fired. Okay. Baldelli, rookie manager last year. That's right. So, okay. All right. So I'm. We got to get within three. <clears throat> Excuse me. You say for some say reason 69 some? and 93 nice. is standing out. I'm just saying 69 nice and 93. All right. Yeah. 70 what? and 92. Okay. 70 and 92. Nice Bad. work. Off. Not bad. Not bad. That's not bad at all. Nice work for a crappy baseball team. All right, four players on that 2014 Twins team finished with double digits home runs. Who oh were those God. four players? Four players four on players the with double digit on home the runs. 2014 this was, Twins. This was pre-Sano. Dozier. Yeah, was, who, just, who just got released by the Padres and now, is now next going to surface with the St. Paul Saints. That is a conversation for this podcast this week. Can't there wait. was a the, the Twins were right about Brian Dozier, but we'll do that later. 
Uh, so so Dozier, Dozier was one. Again, just between friends here. Yeah, who was in the outfield that year? This is pre-Buxton. Was, was that Tory? No. No, 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 no. Tory was 15. No, he, he was not back. I'm wrong. So you, you got one of them. You said Dozier, which yep. is ding. Dozier. You got three more. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who the hell played on this team. This is after Kadir. Was Sano? No, this is before Sano. Because Sano's 15, 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this is. Otherwise, this would be Sano's sixth it all, season. It all runs together so much. That's right. Sano was like the next. Okay. So let's just go through. So this was a. Oh, oh. Uh, this might have been a Josh Willingham situation here. So when did they sign Willingham? 2012? Yes. Something like that. 12, 13, 14. So this would have been Josh Willingham's third year. I don't. He was banged up all the time. He probably hit. He had to have hit double digit home runs. Willingham? All right. All right. That's two. You got two oh, more. Oh, Ploof. Ploof did for sure. Okay. One more. That's right. I forgot Ploof at third base. Oh, that's amazing. Who played first base for this team? That's what I'm trying to oh, think. Oh, uh, Joe, Joe Mauer. Yep. Did Joe Mauer hit? Wait, 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 wait. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Wait. The odds would be against him hitting double-digit home runs. Okay, so Ploof, Willingham, we'll put him in our back pocket. Dozier, who was in center, who was in right? Center, would it have been Hicks at that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what? I think you're right. I think it was Aaron Hicks. And, and Hicks may have had And 10. Suzuki was the catcher. Yeah. Is Aaron Hicks a guess? Oh, hold on a second. Okay, talk it up. Talk hold it on up. a second. This is tough. Talk it up. This is tough. I, I, this is only six years ago, too. It's I don't want to be the guy to pull the trigger on. Yeah, but I mean, dude, these twins years, the quicker you could forget them that yeah. winter, the better. Well, Do we get our outfield, by the way? So we think it's Willingham, Hicks, and then... Who wasn't right that year? I have no idea. that's a year before... That is a year before Tory, right? Oh, Tory you know, was 2015. Was this a Robbie Grossman situation? <laughs> There might have oh, been, there might have been probably, a You know what? Situation. He probably was on the team. How much did he play? All right. It's either Hicks. Let's go Hicks or Maurer on this one. Maurer had like three years in his career where he had double digit Can we split runs. it? Can we split the guess? Can we just say Hicks or, Hicks, Hicks or Maurer? Let's go Hicks. Ah! Who was it? He was on your David Ortiz list just the other day. Oswaldo Arcia. Oswaldo Arcia. Oh, I, I never would have gotten that. Second on the team. I never would have gotten that. I seriously worked on purging these years as soon as they got done. Dozier, 23, Oswaldo Arcia, 20, Plouf, 14, Josh Willingham, 12. Was this the Plouf June into July? No, that was 2012 when he hit 22 solo home runs in a six-week span. It runs together now. It just all runs together. It's just like garbage through a funnel. Okay, who led the team in batting average that year? Minimum 100 games played. (laughs) 2014... Okay, because so it wouldn't be, I think that was a, a nod to the fact it wouldn't be Maurer. No, it might have been Maurer. It might have been Maurer. When did Joe get... Suzuki had a good year. He was an all-star. When did Joe, did Joe get hurt in 14? Was that August Joe of 14? Joe got hurt in uh, August of 2013. 13, okay. So Joe was at first base that year, so it might have been Joe. I don't know. Actually, I don't know that Joe Maurer hit 300 at first base. I don't know that he did. Okay, hold on. So I don't know that they had a 300 hitter on this team. I was going to say, that's what I was going to ask you. Did they have a 300 hitter on the team then? Um, Probably not. This was a bad batting? offense. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird offense. It was a weird offense. I have a note on that earlier. Um, I, it's, to me, it's either it's either Kurt Suzuki or Joe Maurer. It's one of those two guys. I, I, it's not Plouffe, Willingham, Dozier. Those guys were all just like 230, 240 sluggers. Yeah, it's yeah. not Arcia. Sure as hell is not Oswaldo Arcia. <laughs> so, unless it's like a backup that qualified. Or Dozier? It's not. There's no way it's Dozier. Okay. Dozier. 
I mean, Dozier I had some. Florida if it was Dozier. Dozier had some nice years before he got, he went to the Padres. Let's go uh, Suzuki or Maurer, unless you have a different. You pick one. I'll go Maurer. Wrong and wrong. No. Guys are missing the legend of Danny Santana, who hit three nineteen. Oh no! Season, okay, guys. again, come on. again, come on, again. I am actually. This is the first time in random season recall. I'm proud. I take <laughs> great pride in not knowing the why. Why would I want this in my brain? Didn't Danny Santana pop up again with like the Rangers, Rangers or the yeah. Braves or something, and, actually, and had a ridiculous season last yeah, year? He wasn't that bad. I I had a good case made to me in the press box. I think it was last year that that with. Falvey, Levine, and Baldelli, Danny Santana would have done great here. Probably would have. Because would they would have moved him around. Swiss Army knife player. Exactly yep. right. Yep. He wouldn't have been one position yep. and and could have thrived in the structure that they provide. All right, I feel like this is a gimme, but this pitcher. Nothing's a gimme today. A major league record for strikeout to walk ratio this season. For Phil the Hughes. Twins. Phil yes, Hughes. There you go. Phil Hughes. I was, I was dreading some of these rotation okay. questions. Next question. The most knee-jerk contract ever given out in Twins history. <laughs> Bill Hughes. Bill Hughes. Second contract. Not even his first. Uh, Kurt Suzuki was an all-star in 2014, but can you name the other two players who appeared at catcher that season for the Twins? Was Domit still around then, Phil? If he was, I don't think he was catching. Domit was like 12-13. Declan also laughed when he asked the question, so there's going to be a funny answer in there. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hosmil Pinto? Yeah, that's a good one though. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. He, he actually came up. I thought and was okay. I thought he I would think. have made your quad A team last week because he actually did it. Put up some pretty solid power numbers at AAA. Oh, was it a guy? Was it the guy that went to like the Diamondbacks? Who was that? Because it, John it Ryan was Murphy. around. That. No, no, I don't think it was John Ryan. No, um, there was a catcher that went to the Diamondbacks. He used to catch for the Twins. It, it, oh, it wasn't oh, yeah, you're right, Chris John Herman. Ryan. Chris Herman. Oh! great guess. Oh! A great guess. Damn it. Uh, this guy did go to the National League afterwards, though. He was a backup catcher. He, he played in 133 games for the Twins. Or, excuse me, in his career, he played in 124 <laughs> games for the Twins. Okay. He played parts of, like, four seasons here. Any guesses? Me... I'm trying to think of guys who went to the National League. Not Chris League. Herman, but you are very, very, oh, who's the very other... close. Wait, wait. There, there, there was another guy that also went to the Na... This guy actually might be the guy I'm thinking about that went to the Diamondbacks. Uh, Chris Herman might have gone to somebody else. Um, Herman went to the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Who was the you're, other? You're close, Judd. Who was the Oh, I'm trying to remember. It, I'm going to hear it and gonna be get, ticked off myself. Okay. There was another catcher who just sort of bounced around. and They had, like, Herman. They had <laughs> I can't. Butera. I don't know. Is it Butera? No. Oh. Who is it? I give Eric up. Fryer. Eric Fryer. Oh, okay. you remember Eric Fryer? I do, but that's, I, that's, that's I, that's I would one. not have yeah. guessed that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good, good work, Phil. I'm wow. proud of us. Oh, Eric Fryer. This wow. was a random season recall <laughs> of nightmare proportions <laughs> on all sides. I have one more question if you want to go. Well, let's do it. What the hell? Let's all right. Do it. So as a team in 2014, the Twins actually hit the second most amount of doubles in the American League that year. They were last in home runs, but second in doubles. It was hmm. hilarious. They were last in home runs? In the American League. In the American League, the concrete there. hadn't settled at Target Field. Right? Yeah. With, seriously, though, Plouffe yeah. and Willingham—that's yeah. Willingham guys was hurt all the time. Yeah. All right. So, can you name the top five players who finished in uh, who, the, the the Twins players who hit top five in doubles that year? Well, Dozier for sure, because yeah, he Dozier. had a ton of doubles. Yeah. One. Um, I mean, Joe Mauer probably had like thirty-five doubles too. Yep. Would Willingham have been a doubles guy too? Not really, because he's slow and he was hurt. So I'm going to say Willingham was, can I guess that he was not in the five? You are correct. He was not in the five. Okay. Um, Boy. Santana? 
Well, Plouffe. Let's put Plouffe in there. He led the team in doubles. 40 yep. doubles that year, actually. That's pretty Trevor good. Plouffe. There's two more. Danny Santana must have hit a bunch of doubles, right? He's just outside the top five. All right, Suzuki. Suzuki? Four. You got one more left. Hicks? This one's pretty good. Hicks? Arcia? We already named all these. These are all the home run guys. I don't know. Eduardo Escobar. King, oh, that's right. Oh, Second yeah. in the team in double hey, the 35. Do you have the baseball I've reference page to pull open right now? Pull it up really quick, yep. Just for fun. I th- I think we should make this a regular. I think we should try to name the guys who the five guys who made the most starts on okay. the team. Like uh, we should For pitchers or, or yep. position players? No, for pitchers. Starting okay. pitchers. Okay. I was going to include this. Phil, uh, let's go with your five most starts. Yeah. Okay, so Phil Hughes. Yes. Right. One. I think this was a Ricky Nolasco season. Yes, two. And I also think it was an Irvin Santana season. It may have been a suspension or something, but Irvin Santana? No? Nope. Not top five in starts. Yeah, because he... So was I don't believe, that his first year here, or did he come no, around the next year? he came year? in 2015. Okay, he with Milder. And then he got pinched for the first team. half of that season because of the uh, PEDs. So you said Hughes, and you said... Hughes in Nolasco. Nolasco was, yep. was Scotty Diamond still here? His big season was like twelve, wasn't it? I don't think he. Okay. I don't think Diamond was on. You can. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't think he was. Okay. Scott Diamond wasn't on it. Um. Oh my God, Liam Hendricks made some starts. No, this no, is no, gonna no, get no, ugly. No. No, you you just on. said us. I don't know. I think we can get this. <laughs> are they? Are there any obvious answers in there's, here? There's one pretty obvious. One pretty obvious. So you got Hughes. You got in the le- Oh, um, Vanimal. You, you might be right on that. Vance Worley? No. <laughs> no? Only I was bullish on Vance Worley, as I stated on this he, podcast. Dude, he started an opening day. He I got know. an opening day start. What no. are you talking about? No, no, no. Not Twins me. loved him, too. Mm-mm. What were the other guys? Oh, um, Cole DeVries. Just oh, this, is, this is so ugly. <laughs> no. I'm out. I'm a out. veteran guy? This is a veteran guy who was a free agent. He was like his oh, second. Oh, Kevin Correa. Yes. Come on, Why would you want to oh, remember oh, 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 Kevin Correa? Mike Pelfrey. He only made five starts that year. God, thank God. <laughs> There's uh okay, one is also a pretty obvious name, and then the guy who finished with the fifth most amount of starts, I don't think you'll ever guess. But there's one more Andrew that... Elbers. No. This is this is well, this, so this guy finished second in the team and starts. This is so unnecessary right now. I want, I want this. I want this. I know, it's, but it's just evolved. I want this. You got three. Second on the team in starts. Yep. And second in innings pitch. Hughes, Nolasco, Correa. And this guy's kind of a veteran, huh? It wouldn't have been Liriano. It wouldn't have been Baker. This is My post-Baker. Guys. Wouldn't have been Radke. Wouldn't have been Slowey. Wouldn't have been Camilo <laughs> Pasquale out. Oh, my God. Uh, it's not Dunsing. Dunce. Ah, I want this so bad. You go. You know what? Then you go get it. All right. I don't know. He spent his entire. He has spent his entire career with the Twins, and then he recently left in free agency. Oh, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. Okay. All right. Who's, and who's and the fifth starter. Oh my God. Who made eleven starts? I, I think I can get this one too. He's thirty. He was thirty years old. <laughs> he was thirty years old. Thirty years old. <laughs> Actually, his FIP was a lot lower than his ERA. He was a little unlucky. A little unlucky for this analytics right. guy. I don't know. I'm, I won't waste you guys' time anymore. Yoan Pino. 
Oh yeah, that's. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't <laughs> waste our time. Of, no, yeah. would have no, had no. no chance. Oh my god, at dude. that one. Uh, all right, well that's oh, a rough one. That's a wrap on random season recall for this week. Not too bad. It wasn't good. It, it was better than we did on the '99 random season recall but i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't write home about that performance by us yeah. no but uh, we'll try That's again right. next monday random season recall get some more vikings years yeah we haven't done a lot of vikings let's do yeah pick a vikings one out next week let's, let's try our hand at okay. it that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Uh, by the way, we have a new, so we have two YouTube pages now we have our vikings centric youtube page which is youtube.com slash score north and we also have youtube.com slash Mackie Judd for all of our twins discussions and action movie rewinds and write that down and a random season recall makes an appearance on that page every once in a while. So check us out. Give us a subscription. We went from, uh, I think we're up over 220 subscriptions right now. So we'd love to get to 500 at some point and just keep pushing our, uh, our digital channel. So youtube.com slash Mackie Judd. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's simple truth, Turkey or Mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.